Hello everybody, this is Rabbi Ezra Balsam, and welcome to Parsha Pop. So I just want to give everybody a heads up that we're actually changing things up a little bit, whereas last week we did a 40-minute podcast session. This week we're going to be cutting it down to hopefully around the 20-minute range, and that's because of all of your unbelievable feedback. Your feedback helps me know, is it too long? Am I speaking too fast? Do we need to slow things down? Do we want to chill things out a little bit? Do we, <laughs> do we want to schmooze a little bit more? But your feedback really helps me know all of that. So I really appreciate your feedback. If you can please email me at ebalsam at ashrockies.org. That's E-B-A-L-S-A-M at ashrockies.org. Your feedback is really important and it helps make this podcast successful in the future. So, with no further ado, this week's Parsha is Parshas Mishpatim, and Mishpatim means uh, the laws, and it really dives into the details of civil law. So, we talk about the slaves and their release, we talk about the laws of personal injuries, the laws of Benada Machavero between man and man, damaging one's property, laws of social responsibility, justice, compassion, tzedakah, and finally... We end off with the laws relating to Shabbos and festivals, which you might think, oh, that's a law between us and Hashem. But that also includes the community at large, and it also has a social element. Shabbos and festivals is the time that we're meant to spend with each other, that we're meant to join together in Shul. The Shalosh Regalim were the time when all of Klaus or all the Jewish people came together, and we all spent time together and really deepened our social bonds. Um, so this is really the Parsha that talks about our social responsibilities to each other and the laws that pertain between man and man, between one person and another. And it's very interesting because growing up, I remember I had to do my writing assignments in elementary school. And I always thought, oh, you know, everything's perfect in this writing assignment. I remember handing it to the teacher and every time I handed it in, it would be filled with red marks right to the sky uh, and it would be C minus, you know, and the, the assignment that I thought was perfectly written, you know, with all the perfect synonyms, all the perfect words, perfect sentence structure. Uh, it always, you know, wasn't good enough. It always wasn't enough. I always had red marks all over it. But one of the key rules, one of the main principles that I remember from my English classes was that you never start a sentence with the word and. You always want to start a sentence when you're a kid with the word and. Teacher's always correcting on you. Don't start the sentence with the word and. And that's what's interesting about this week's Parsha, that the Parsha starts ve'ele. Hamishpatim, and these are the laws. These are the rules that you should place before the people. So why, when the Torah is introducing the laws between man and man, how a person's supposed to behave, and how a person's supposed to interact with his fellow Jew, why does it start with the word and these, right? Imagine I started this podcast, and these are the lessons that I want to teach over to you. Right? That would, whoa, why? What's the rabbi starting with the word and? And is always a connector word. It always connects what you're saying to something you said previously. So, why does our parsha start with the word and? Says Rashi that the reason our parsha starts with the word and is to connect this week's parsha to last week's parsha. That last week's parsha, we had the Ten Commandments. We had this amazing revelation of Hashem to three million Jews. The biggest revelation mankind has ever had from, from Hashem, from God. 
And the people experienced that. They were on the highest heights. The people witnessed what the greatest prophets would never see. And we saw this, we had this unbelievable connection to Hashem. We agreed to Hashem's mission statement. And we were on this unbelievable high. And the Torah now says that don't think that Judaism is all about the Ten Commandments, that Judaism is all about, you know, hearing from the mouth of Hashem, hearing straight from Hashem, uh, the commandments and experiencing this unbelievable revelation, this unbelievable spiritual high. No, no, no. It says, and these, this is also part of the mitzvot. This is also part of the Torah. When we talk about the laws of social responsibility, how we're supposed to act one person to another, that's also the essence of what the Torah is all about. So when our Parsha says, and these are the laws that you should teach to the people, it's saying these laws of letting your fellow Jew go if he's a slave to you, of social responsibility, of having justice, having compassion, making sure you judge cases properly, not showing favoritism in court of hospitality, uh, inviting your friend over, all these laws of day-to-day living, of how we interact with each other. Don't think, oh, you know, Judaism is all about prayer. It's all about learning Torah. It's all about connecting to divine wisdom. It's all about doing, you know, unbelievable spiritual meditations and connecting on the highest level. Torah comes and tells us in this week's Parsha that these laws between man and man are just as important. It's just as important to act properly, to act with kindness, to act with patience, to wait for somebody when they're crossing the street, to help somebody else out. You know, they need a battery jumpstart. Anything that you do to help out another person, the interpersonal relationships are just as important with our connection with Hashem. And by starting with the word and, the Torah is stressing to us that these laws are just as important as the laws in Sinai. You know, don't think, oh, I damaged some, eh, it's no big deal. I cheat a guy out of a couple dollars, it's no big deal. I bill my hours, you know, a little higher than I should have, you know, it's no big deal. These laws, you know, they're just a social construct. We need to be able to live together. So therefore, you know, we have laws like I can't steal from the other person. I have to act with accord. I have to treat somebody properly. Make sure I don't speak gossip of them. Says the Torah, no. By using the word vav, by connecting this week's parsha to last week's parsha, it's telling us that these mitzvot, these commandments, between man and man of how to treat another Jew, another person are just as important as the original Ten Commandments that were given. Rashi says, Mahari shonim misinai, just like the first ones were from Sinai, af elu misinai, so too these were given on Sinai. And the question is, why? We think that, oh, these weren't given on Sinai. We think Moshe made up these laws, ben adam lachavero, between man and man. Answer is no, no, no. But we might think that, oh, they're, you know, a little bit less important. They're not as important. Helping my friend out when he's in need, that's not as important as praying with kavanah, praying with intent. And a person tends to think that the way he treats another person, that's not holiness. That's not spirituality. That's not connection with Hashem. And the Torah wants to tell us that, no, we're meant to live in this world. Hashem wants us to connect to a higher standard within our lives in this world. Spirituality and living, they're not two distinct entities. 
They can be one and the same. Everything we do can be fused with spirituality. When you call up a friend to catch up, when you're spending time with the family, you're working nine to five, buying pleasurable food, going on vacation, buying a new car, you go to sleep, you wake up. These can all be spiritual endeavors when your mind is in the right place. And that's why the Torah tells us, oh, just like the first ones were given at Sinai, so too these are given at Sinai as well. Being compassionate to everyone, helping them out. You know, they just, they're going through a, a difficult struggle. I'm going to send them a care package. I'm going to send them dinner for the night. I'm going to knock by, stop by their door, ask them how they're doing, call them up, invite them over for Shabbos. There's so many ways that we can touch other people. And that is all spirituality. Going through your day-to-day, -day, working nine to five, that's spirituality. That's what you need. If you're doing it for the right reasons, I need to support myself. I need to support my family. We need to work. We need to buy pleasurable food so that I can enjoy Hashem's world. When you're doing it with the right intent, then it can be something holy. It can be something spiritual. And these were also mitzvot that Hashem gave us. These are also commandments that Hashem wants us to fulfill. And the Mesila Sisharim tells us that there's often this big split, this big rift between the mitzvot between us and Hashem and the mitzvot between us and our fellow Jew. Now, when it comes to the mitzvot between us and Hashem, oh yeah, I'm super careful about praying. I'm super careful about the way that I learn to make sure I don't have any distractions. You know, I stay 100% focused. And often when it comes to the mitzvot between us and Hashem, we take them very seriously, right? The type of kosher that we eat, we take very seriously. Everything has to be checked to the minutest degree, to the strictest standard. And we take such a high standard when it comes to the mitzvot between us and Hashem. But for some reason, says the Mesilas Yesharim, there's often this big gap, this big break between our levels of spirituality when it comes to us and Hashem and our levels of spirituality when it comes between us and another person. And says the Mesilas Yesharim, Ki rabim yishastu be'anafim rabim me'anfeachasidus. You have people, they are so pious. They are so holy. They're so careful with everything that they do in their service of Hashem. But he says, When it comes to dishonest gains, they're unreachable, right? They're unable to reach their perfection. When it comes to this, oh, yeah, you know, it's just my taxes. It's just billing a, a few extra hours. You know, oh, yeah, I'll just tell a little bit of a white lie here, a little bit of a white lie there. I don't have to be 100% honest with my friend. Oh, he's going through a difficult time. Ah, you know, I can overlook it. And they're so careful with their service of Hashem. But for some reason, there's this gap that when it comes between the service of, of Hashem in regards to other people, right? And how they treat their fellow Jew, for some reason, it's not up to par with the rest of their Judaism. And the Torah here, by saying, adding the word and at the beginning of the Parsha, by starting the sentence, the paragraph, with the word and, it's trying to teach us that these are no less significant, that the mitzvot between man and man are no less significant. We have to make sure to focus on them. We have to make sure to learn them. You know, how many people in yeshiva are learning about the laws ben adam lechavero? There's so many intricacies of the laws involved. You know, when do you have to give tzedakah? What if you don't trust the person? Do you have to be naive? Uh, judging a person favorably. When do you have to judge a person favorably? 
If the person's a rasha, they have to change it, judge the person favorably. If he's a tzaddik, if he's a benoni, if what if you're not sure about him at all? You know, you don't know the person. Um, so there's all these different laws, intricacies that are involved in the laws ben adam lechavero that a person has to know and that a person has to learn up and study in order to know how to treat another person properly. And when the Torah says, and these are the commandments, it's going to teach us that we have to study them no less. We have to study them the same. We have to know with every intricacy, with every detail, this is mitzvah sasem, this is the command of Hashem. And we have to make sure that when we fulfill it, we do it with, on the absolute highest standard, and that we use it as a means to connecting with Hashem. I want to draw your attention to something the Parsha says later on, that if we look at Perak Chaf Beis, Pasuk Chaf Hei, chapter 22, verse 25, the Pasuk tells us, You take your fellow's garment as a security, meaning you lend somebody money, and you want to guarantee that he's going to pay you the money back. So what do you do in those days? Clothing was a person's most valuable asset. So you would hold on to his clothing for the night. So says the Pasuk, that in, when, the sun, when the sun sets, when the sun goes down, then you have to return the person's garment back to him. Many people back in those days, they only had one garment to use. They'd only have one pair of clothes for the morning, one pair of clothes for the evening, for pajamas to go to sleep in. And if a person didn't have his pajamas for the night, he would get very cold, right? He needed something to sleep with. So says the Pasuk that when you lend somebody money, you're allowed to take a security to make sure that he pays you the money back. You, ha- you need something to hold on to, to ensure that he has some kind of motivation to pay you the money back. Otherwise, who knows if you'll ever get the money? Yeah, I'll pay you tomorrow, I'll pay you the next day. So says the Pasuk that you're allowed to take a security to ensure that he's motivated to pay you back. But says the Pasuk that in t- once the sun sets, meaning once it becomes nighttime and it starts getting cold, then you have to return his garment to him. But the Torah doesn't just stop there and say, oh, you got to return his garment to him. It starts digging into the psyche of a person. And it says, This is his only garment. This is his garment to sleep with. Leoro that he needs to keep himself warm. Bamei Yishkav, what's he gonna sleep with? And it will be that when he cries out to me, I will listen to him because I am a compassionate God. And the question I want to ask is that you know, parenting 101 is that you never get overly dramatic. You know, I remember as a kid, you do something wrong, but you'd leave class in middle. And then the teacher would come out and they start getting all dramatic. Do you know what you did in front of everybody? How do you have the audacity? And I remember at a certain point, it sounds like somebody's speaking to you underwater. Uh, if you ever gone scuba diving before, you know, when you try talking to the other person, you're trying to, you know, tell him something. Uh, you're trying to get out some words, and all it sounds like is like, and you just see bubbles coming out of their mouth. 
So that's what it sounds like to a kid when they hear an adult, you know, being overly dramatic and just, you know, yelling at them for five minutes. It just sounds like, right? And the person getting all impassioned and how can you do that? Do you know what you did in the effects that you had? And the kid, he just doesn't hear any of it. It just all goes over his head and he just writes it all off as like, wow, this person's crazy. And many times you find that with speakers, right? Somebody's speaking. And people listening will say that, you know, the first 30 minutes of the speech were amazing. They were so inspirational. And then he kept going for another 30 minutes and I lost every bit of inspiration from those additional 30 minutes. So part of parenting is knowing how much to say, you know, keeping it short to the point, not getting overly dramatic. Um, and the, sometimes, you know, the more dramatic we get, the more we try digging in a lesson the less we're able to accept it. And the question is, why over here is the Torah getting all dramatic? The Torah should, should just say, you know, it's a book of laws. Just say, return the garment to him at nightfall to make sure he doesn't get cold. And instead, the Torah starts getting all impassioned, starts giving us a whole musr. It starts saying, this is his only garment. This is what he needs to keep warm that night. What's he going to sleep with when he screams out to Hashem? I'm going to answer his call because I'm compassionate, right? Why can't the Torah just keep it short and sweet? You know, when the Torah tells you not to eat pig, it doesn't start, oh, you're going to eat pig? Do you know how it's rolling around in the mud? It doesn't have split hose. How can you possibly do such a thing? How can you go against my, the Torah doesn't say that. It says don't eat pig, right? It doesn't have split hooves. It doesn't chew its cuds. Cud, don't eat it. It doesn't start, you know, getting all uh, detailed and all impassioned about going against Hashem's command. Why over here does the Torah specifically want to dig into our psyche and get into the mind of the poor person to return his garment? And says Rabbi Kalish that the reason here why the Torah gets all dramatic is because it wants to teach us a very powerful lesson. It's telling us that when we do chesed, it's not enough just to go through the motions, right? When we give somebody um, tzedakah, when we give them charity, when we give them what to live off, it's not just going through, the, oh, you know, I'm doing my duty of being a good person. The Torah wants you to feel empathy, to really dig into the psyche of the other person, to, say, to go through his feelings. What is that other person probably going through right now? And that's why in our case, when you, a poor person comes to you from a, for a loan, you lend him money and you take a security to make sure that he pays back the money. It's not enough just that you give him back the garment at, at, at nighttime. It wants you to really feel what the other person is going through, what he's going through. And that's why it says he, it's his only garment. It's what he needs for his warmth. What's he going to sleep with? The Torah wants us to get deep within the psyche of another person, especially in this case, where you're justified for taking a security. You want to make sure he's going to pay you back the loan. And you know what? The Torah says that's completely justified. That's completely permissible. But why do you have to give him back the garment at nighttime? Not because, you know, that's the letter of the law. Letter of the law is somebody borrows you money from you. You know, you take a security. But the Torah wants you to go above and beyond that. It wants you to get into the psyche of the other person to really experience what he's feeling, what he's going through. And in order to do that, the Torah ensures that, look at what this person's going through. This is his only garment. 
It's the only thing he can use to keep warm at night. Make sure your compassion for the other person, your Rahmanas, your mercy overtakes that need to stick to the principle of the matter. Um, so t- says the Torah that, yes, you know, you're justified for taking the person's garment. Yes, that's what you maybe have to do in order to ensure that he pays back the loan. But don't forget your compassion for the other person. Don't forget the pain and suffering that he's going to have to go through if you keep that garment from him overnight and he has nothing to keep warm with that night. Always remember what another person is going through. And I think this is a powerful, very powerful takeaway from this week's Parsha to always remember what the person's going through. Don't, you know, okay, I'll give the person charity. I did my duty. That's not enough. When the person's collecting tzedakah, put yourself in his shoes. What is he probably going through right now? Imagine I had a son who's going through surgery or who's going through a difficult time. Imagine I had a yeshiva that I have to keep up. Imagine I have XYZ charity that I'm super passionate about and respond accordingly. And you know what? Maybe you don't have enough money to give to the person but at least feel what he's going through. The Torah wants us to feel what another person is going through. And that's the key lesson from this week's parsha to remember that it's not enough just to do the mitzvot. So when it comes to ben adam l'chavera, the Torah wants us to feel empathy. It wants us to feel what the other person is going through. And even if there's nothing you can do about it, even if there's no way, you know, you can change the circumstances, just feel with the other person, be with the other person, And in that way, we should join together in unity. Hashem should see that all his children, we're all together, we're all one, we're all one society, we're all looking out for each other. And he should bring Mashiach, he should bring the Geul, the redemption speedily in our days. Thank you all so much for listening. Wishing everybody an amazing, powerful, uplifting Shabbos.